welcome to Kel's Gone Bush, the podcast where I'm bringing you the craziest stories, characters and places from down under. Today's episode is on Australia's dumbest criminals and let me tell you, with all the research I've done, I could probably fill about five episodes, but this is going to be volume one. So I'm going to start off with the first name that comes up when you Google Australia's dumbest criminals, which is where I started with my research because (laughs) why not? Bloke by the name of Simon Two, who last year in July crashed his car in broad daylight into a bunch of police cars that were sitting outside Sydney's Eastwood station. Despite his vehicle getting banged up in the crash, Simon kept driving around Sydney for a good hour before cops caught up with him. They pulled him over and he was acting a little bit strange. Police noticed that he was quite nervous and fidgety and when asked what he was doing in the area, he said he was just delivering food. So they thought, hmm, that sounds a bit sus, so we're just going to check out the back of his van and they found about $200 million worth of methamphetamine. So I'm pretty sure that day Simon was in a fair bit of trouble and not just with the police. Well, at first, Simon told police he had no idea what was in the boxes. He soon admitted that he did know what was in the boxes, but he had no idea how much. When the back of the van was fingerprinted, it was clear that he hadn't actually touched the boxes himself. Instead, he'd just picked them up from his local pizza hut, well, according to him. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're doing at Pizza Hut these days, but apparently if you're after meth, <laughs> just call 131166. Simon was eventually sentenced to six and a half years behind bars for his part in the crime. Alright, on to our next dickhead. A Sydney bloke that forced his way into the glass doors of a chemist found himself trapped between the glass doors and the metal security grill of the chemist and was spotted by a publican in the early hours of the morning. The publican alerted patrolling police who radioed into the station, you might want to get down here, we have the world's dumbest criminal. The cops got down there and unable to do anything about the situation themselves, they set about trying to find the key holder of the chemist. All the while, the uh, would-be thief was hurling insults at them because the officers found the situation fucking hilarious and couldn't stop laughing at, at him. He kept saying, if you just, if you just stop laughing and let me out, I'll tell you what happened. It was an accident. And he came up with like a few different excuses. Um, One of them being the door just opened as he walked past and he was just trying to check it out. And, uh, and the, the funniest thing was when the real story actually came out, eventually it was all over stealing a roll of toilet paper or maybe a few rolls of toilet paper, but really mate, like it's one of the main streets in Sydney and you're just going to break into this chemist to steal toilet paper. He could have actually gone to the pub that dobbed him in and just maybe got a bit of toilet paper from there. I don't know. That's what I would have done if I was in that situation. But hey, we all think differently. Another one where the co- which the cops found fucking hilarious was actually screened on the Gold Coast Cops and I will play you a short clip of that. But basically this guy... Well, he was in a drug bust and he was basically denying everything that all of the drugs and money and whatnot that they found, it wasn't his at all. And then they found his phone and thought, oh, well, we might just have a flip through this and 
Actually, in the clip, they're all sitting around the table, and as they're scrolling through the phone, they find him posing in a video provocatively, I, I guess trying to be sexy with this money and this weed, and the cops are dying of laughter, and this guy's just sitting there so embarrassed. Like, I'm sure he thought he was gangster as fuck when he was posing up in his bathroom in the Gold Coast, but... Um, yeah, not so, not so much when the cops were pissing themselves laughing at his expense. And the cops were like, only on the Gold Coast, but trust me, I've seen that shit in Aubrey Wodonga. It's just like, oh my god, mate, you like, don't even have a fucking car, you ride a pushy everywhere, and you're posing in your dirty bathroom mirror of your fucking $80 a week flat with your 550s and a bag of weed that probably cost you about $100. I digress. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you that clip now so you can hear the response for yourself because it is pretty fucking hilarious. So as you can tell, uh, yeah, the cops the cops didn't take that guy very seriously whatsoever. While we're on the Gold Coast, one of the funniest ones that I found, and I actually I remember this happening, but just refresh my memory. Two Welsh students got absolutely hammered on vodka, broke into SeaWorld, let off a fire extinguisher in the shark tank. They uh, then swam with dolphins before stealing a penguin and taking it back to their high-rise apartment. And before they passed out after all the fucking vodka they drank, they posed for a few photos and stuck them up on Facebook. The next day, they woke up to find the penguin in their apartment and in complete hangover style, <laughs> could not remember a fucking thing. They panicked and released the little bird into one of the canals on the Gold Coast, not realising the canals on the Gold Coast are full of bull sharks. The staff at SeaWorld, realising that the bird had gone missing, just alerted, you know, fucking everyone, and a local couple found it when they were on a pier. And luckily it was unharmed, no shark bites, everything was fine. The tourists were fined a thousand bucks each and told by the judge that they were very lucky that they didn't fall into the polar bear enclosure or the shark tank or the morgue. Next, we have a bloke by the name of Lex Adams who hit a sandbar in North Queensland in August 2010 and was uninsured. That didn't stop him from deciding to blame the whole accident on the 2011 January floods, which when Cyclone Yazi hit North Queensland caused a lot of fucking damage and a lot of people's boats got ruined. Just not Lex's because his was already fucked. But... His story began on January the 27th, 2011, when he called police to report that his uninsured boat had disappeared after he'd left it moored at Balimba in Queensland on January the 8th. He said to the police it must have been a victim of the, of the flood. He said he didn't know what to do. He was given a whole heap of assistance. He went to the flood recovery centre 
and he was left with checks for $170 and $1,285 straight away from the flood disaster fund. And then in March, he applied for more assistance and ended up with $57,000 in total from the, disaster, uh, the Premier's disaster relief appeal. The problem was Lex had already written to a boating magazine about his accident with the sandbar and how he was left with nothing because his boat was uninsured. He wrote in the magazine, the boat was uninsured and a total loss. I don't know what I'm gonna do now. I feel there needs to be some kind of extension to the VMR so that some assistance can be provided for someone suffering a total loss like I did. So what to do? That's life, I suppose. Just keep your dreams in sight. He didn't write that his dreams were to rip off the government for money that other flood victims could have used. Anyway, he was eventually caught and he was sentenced to 3.5 years in jail to be suspended after 12 months. So I guess the lesson in that is maybe don't be a piece of shit that rips off actual disaster victims. It's kind of like stealing the uh, Red Cross tin from the local corner store. It's just not, that's not even Australian. Or as the saying goes, it's just not cricket, mate. Or fucking footy. All right, this next story happened in my own backyard uh, in North Albury. And it's actually a bloke I know, and he's a bit of a dickhead. Like, he's just, yeah... I mean, I always thought he was a bit of a, a douchebag before this, but when this all came out in the local news, I was like, really, mate? <laughs> I didn't even think you were that stupid. So what happened was, this guy who got out of jail in 2015 for a different matter, decided that instead of going straight, he'd start being a tough guy and, you know, dealing drugs and stolen goods and whatnot. And one night, he had an altercation with a couple of blokes in his home and he ended up getting shot in the leg and I think it kind of hit his hand as well. So this guy rings the police and the ambulance and when they show up, the cops found in their little routine sweep of the home to make sure that this bloke was okay, they found his cannabis crop growing underneath his house. And I'll give it to him. It was a great idea. He had like a room and he had a trap door and it was all hidden under the house. You would never know it was there. Um, probably didn't smell because of, you know, the whole situation. But um, yeah, they, they he shouldn't have called the police to his house maybe. I'm pretty sure when you're a criminal, you don't call the cops when you get shot. You just go to hospital and make up some bullshit story about shooting kangaroos or something. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been shot. I'm not a criminal. I just read a lot of books, watch a lot of true crime, and I'm just, you know, wouldn't the smartest thing to do is not ring the police, especially if you've got a shitload of weed growing underneath your house, something like 47 plants. You tried to say it was personal use for back pain. I tell you, I've got back pain and I don't have 47 plants of marijuana. I fucking wish I did, but I don't. <laughs> um, not only did he have all of that, but he also had uh, over $10,000 worth of stolen mountain bikes in his garage. Um, pretty sure a stolen stolen motorbike and a crossbow. So needless to say, once he was recovered from the shooting, he was in a fair bit of trouble with the local court. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't a very smart thing to do. So just a heads up, if you are involved in a lot of criminal activity and you have it all happening at your house, 
maybe don't call the police when something bad happens. You know, not only apart from anything, it's just hypocritical. Okay, on to the next dumbass from Albury because what happened was I couldn't access any of the reports because I have subscriptions to so many different newspapers, but the border mail wasn't one of them. So my girlfriend sent me those reports and then she's like, oh, you're doing dumb criminals. Oh, there's heaps of them around here. And she starts sending me all these other ones. So I picked this one and this will be the last one for today. But um, I will be doing another one of these because if anything, it's just entertaining to research. All right, so the next one we've got. A Lavington drug dealer was driving around in his car when he came across some police officers and completely unprovoked decided to start yelling out abuse to them. So the cops were like, hmm, what's going on? They did a U-bolt and they decided to follow him around North Aubrey. When it became apparent to the officers that he was just driving around aimlessly, they ended up pulling him over. And that's where it all ended for this guy because when he pulled out his license, the cops noticed that he had a whole heap of $100 bills in his wallet. He was asked to step out of the car, got extremely defensive, and then ended up admitting that he had a bit of ice on him. He tried to say he just pulled all of the money out of the ATM, but a lot of it was in $5 notes as well, and they're like, yeah, no, that didn't actually happen. So then he claimed that he'd borrowed the $400 to register his car. Cops didn't buy that one either, and he ended up going to court for drug possession. So the lesson in that little dumbass crime is if you're carrying drugs or weapons or just doing something illegal in general, maybe don't scream abuse at the cops for no reason because they'll generally leave you alone if they don't suspect you're being a fucking idiot or doing a crime. And I know I said that was my last one, but there was one more that she sent me from, uh, again, Lavington. And if you're not getting the current theme, North Aubrey is right next to Lavington, and Lavington is also known to locals as Stabbington. And, um, yeah, there's a good reason for that. But that said, there are shit areas everywhere. I mean, there's shit areas in central Aubrey too, so. So our last entrance into Australia's Dumbest Criminals Volume 1 is a bloke who was an employed but homeless motor mechanic who went to an Aubrey smash repairs yard to steal a car park. He pulled up in his Mazda CX-5, put on a head torch, got out some plies and began cutting the wire of the fence on the southern perimeter of the Aubrey Auto Repairs holding yard. He couldn't find what he was after, so he left the premises. When the owner came to work that morning, he realized that someone had broken in, obviously, because the fence is cut, so he called the police. The police came and, after having a bit of a look around, left. And that was when the guy that had broken in in the first place, he came back because he forgot something pretty fucking important when you're going to do a break-in. He left his getaway car at the scene. The car was still parked out the front of the wreckers and his mobile phone, wallet and ID in the car as well as a black balaclava and two car batteries on the ground nearby. So the cops were called a second time and this time this bloke didn't end up leaving the premises. Well, he did, but he was escorted out of there in handcuffs. And that is the end of volume one of Australia's Dumbest Criminals. I would love it if you guys could get some feedback on 
out of this whole episode who you think is Australia's dumbest criminal for round one and then we can have like heats and then maybe after 12 months we'll do like a a final vote and just come up with the ultimate fuckwit dumb criminal (laughs) that's something to look forward to anyway that wraps up that episode bit of an update on me so I missed last week because we've been having major issues with our sleeping arrangements in this house uh we need and me my partner and I definitely need a new bed like we're rolling into each other and so I I am probably having four out of seven nights just insomnia plus and then it doesn't help that he reckons I snore I reckon he snores and you know if I drink a bottle of wine and go to bed, I don't give a fuck who's snoring. But seriously, I can't do that every night. I've got shit to do. So, um, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out the whole sleeping situation so we can finally sleep. I don't know what's going on. It's just been the last couple of weeks. But anyway, so that's me. If you've got any, uh, suggestions on how to handle that situation, definitely give me a um, message on uh, Kel's Gone Bush on everything. I've got uh, Kel's Gone Bush Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's also Kel's Gone Bush, the plug join on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. And we also have a Facebook group, uh, a few of us started, called Aussie Barflies. And that's just, um, you know, funny memes and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, so you can find me pretty much anywhere on social media. So, yeah, any handy insomnia tips, that would be great. Um, and as I said, I know I said I wrapped up the show, but if you've got any, if you want to let me know which one was your favorite dumbest criminal, I'd love to hear that. That would be awesome. Uh, Next week I will be back. I promise I am going to do everything I can to sleep. (laughs) Maybe I need to put my earplugs in and then get earmuffs and put those over the top. I don't know. Maybe that's a good idea I could try. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, if you're still with me. Uh, Yeah, and I will be back next week. And until then, Kel has gone bush.